clock at five. Pass is intercepted at the goal line by Malcolm Butler. Unreal. Rainbows high and deep into the end zone. And it is caught. Caught, caught for a touchdown. A leaping touchdown. Captain goes. He'll be chased and he is gone. 97 yards. Does he get both feet in right here at the end, Jim? What are they going to roll it? He caught it? Touchdown! He did what? He did what? He runs to the 50. He runs to the 40. The guy is drunk, but there he goes. We are seeing another spectacular effort by Marino, who fires. Touchdown! Oh, that's loose. Allen steps up. Jumps over the defenders to pick up the first. There's a prayer. Stop it! Oh, please! <laughs> what a catch! That's insane! That's insane! The game's final play is a Wilson lock to the end zone, which is fought for by Tate with Jennings simultaneous. Who has it? Who do they give it to? Touchdown! Welcome in to Simultaneous Catch for Thanksgiving Week. Hey, I want you to get pumped right now. Pump it up, say what, say what, pump it up, say what. All right, what. so now it's pump. time for prop table. We oh, are oh. going to take the over-under of five being how many times that you sniff throughout this episode. Oh, man. I'm going to take the under. I'm going to take the over pretty confidently. I'm going to take the under, and what do I get when I win? I feel super <laughs> confident in my over because you're going to do it without realizing That's fair. I was going to say because I was like, now I'm going to focus on it, and I'm not going <laughs> to... Anybody who listens knows that Adam is sick once a week, so... That's true. We fell on that day today. All right, everybody. Like Adam said, we are celebrating week 11. 11? No, we're going into week 12. Week 12 of the NFL. It is Thanksgiving week, so welcome to Thanksgiving edition of Simultaneous Catch. Yeah, I'm Adam Jeffrey Rossi. My name's Josh Lapping. I'm very excited to be here with you guys. Uh, we've got a lot of cool content for today, including a pretty special interview that we had a chance to do the other day that we're going to drop into the episode. and Oh, yeah. Very excited. Uh, we've got a lot of cool stuff on the show for you today. We have our... We have cool stuff every... We do. We sure do. Show. We sure do. Uh, so <laughs> we're also going to do a little Thanksgiving segment, just talk about things that we're thankful for, NFL edition. Um, <laughs> Wait, hang on. I, I might have done the assignment wrong. Oh, no. That's okay. Okay. I, I'm actually I'm glad that that's what it is, but I'm not sure I did it wrong. But I, with hearing you say it that way, I think I might have done it wrong. That's all right. It'll be fun. Regardless, let's get right into the show, folks. Let's get to some rant rave. Recall what you got, Josh. I have a rant this week, and I feel a little bullish. See, that counts. You backed away, but it counts. <laughs> We're up to one, everybody. Damn it. So I am a little bullish about this one because it's. I don't want to say sensitive topic to talk about in, in the way of like we've talked on the show about players that have had like domestic issues and violence issues and whatnot, but I'm going to rant a little bit about how people are responding so negatively to Zach Taylor's response to the Joe Burrow injury, which is obviously a very unfortunate incident. Obviously, we lost an extremely promising rookie to a, a really catastrophic knee injury. So, but when the game was over and they were talking to him, they a lot of people have tacked Taylor saying he didn't have emotion, he didn't care, he just chalked it up to like this is a thing that occurs in football. Rex Ryan went on on 
first take, I think, and was attacking Taylor, saying that he's just a desperate coach trying to get his fifth win of his career. And obviously, Taylor and the Bengals have struggled in in his early tenure. But I do think this is just an unfortunate part of the game. There, there's no way around it. And you can say all sorts of stats. I mean, sure, Burrow did lead the NFL in dropbacks, and that's maybe not the best way to handle a rookie quarterback when you don't think you have the best line in the world. But think about it. We had their left tackle from last year, first-round pick come back. That's obviously going to be an improvement. Burrow came out of LSU being the promised child that could turn a franchise around. He had the best career uh, football year college football year ever and so you're thinking yeah this guy can do this sorts of things and that's how they got the ball moving obviously Mixon being out uh, periodically throughout the years made it difficult to run the football but Burrow can sling the football and so I'm not I'm not upset about how Taylor and their coaching staff started to design games and think let's put this kid in position to throw the football which he does very very well and there, there are different things that I think – I talked to you about this off-air a, a long time ago. People were starting to kind of compare Burrow to Andrew Luck, saying, like, this is a guy that has all the talent, but sometimes he holds on to the ball a little longer and takes some hits and rolls out and will try to juke somebody instead of going down or, or something like that, giving themselves up. And obviously – the play he was injured on wasn't anything like that. I think it was just a freak accident. And like I said, very unfortunate. But I just think we need to step back of saying that Taylor didn't care or he handled it wrong. Or Another question that came out was they asked him whether or not the team got deflated because they were up at that point by only a point. But then obviously Washington won, went on to score the final points of the game. And Taylor said, no, it didn't affect the team, which obviously it did. But really, you're never – very rare. I don't want to say never. Very rarely are you going to get, like, the true candid emotion of being like, yeah, like, we were really shell-shocked, really upset, like, that stunk. And, I mean, I think it would be nice to hear kind of open and honest thoughts like that sometimes. But I also feel like when players and coaches do that sort of thing, we're like, hey, like, you're a professional. Don't uh, don't act like that. So it's, it's a two-sided coin. And so, obviously, they were – dejected afterwards but they're professionals at the same time so he's like no we were focused we sent in our backup guy and we tried to win the game yeah i don't uh i didn't i didn't hear the comments so i don't really know exactly but i will say i think that i don't like when we get into life where we're projecting emotions on the people where we're saying you have to be emotional about this and i also don't like that i don't like that we assume that external emotion is the only type of emotion you know what i mean like okay. i think i'm sure yeah. zach taylor taylor internally was emotional about it it's his starting quarterback he's seems to be a franchise guy who's going to be a star in this league so i'm sure he felt emotions about it but that doesn't mean you have to walk up to the podium when you're in the press conference and cry or get emotional outwardly about it sure um and i think that obviously like it, it would be silly to say It'd be silly to say that it didn't have an effect on the team, but you're absolutely right. They're professionals. I'm sure that it was a blow, but it was. I'm sure it also wasn't like, well, we're not going to try now because Joe Burrow's gone. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I don't like when people say that either, for sure. My opinion on Rex Ryan is plummeted. <laughs> plummeted. Like I was, so, like I was so happy when we signed him, and then I like was like 
already taken hits during his tenure because I didn't like a lot of the way that he worked. And then when he left, and now sometimes when I watch him on Get Up, I'm like, what is this opinion that you have? It's, it's what are you talking about? So I don't. I, I sometimes I try to tune out Rex Ryan, but I mean it's very fair. Like I said, he was the one that made the the drop back. Like uh, it's not an analogy, obviously. Like that's well, a, this is this, that's so stupid. I mean, I'm sorry. Like he's an NFL former NFL head coach. He's obviously got a great football mind for defense and all that jazz. But like, how stupid is it to be like, uh, don't throw the football because because you don't have an offensive line and you don't have this. So just so why don't we just wrap him in saran wrap and throw him on the bench then, huh? I mean, like, if that's really what you're going to say. It really – but it really is that way. I mean, like, so let's say that Burrow – like, what are they going to do? Draft Burrow number one overall, the the touted rookie, and then run every play. People will be like, why aren't you using Joe exactly. Burrow the way you can? Exactly. So it's just – it's the hindsight of this, the injury, and the then game. we try to make this is the game excuses that, for things. Exactly. It's, this is the game that you signed up to play, and you're right. I mean, he was, it's just that he was throwing a pass down the right sideline. It was a great pass, by the way. Uh, and it just gets hit awkwardly, and it happens. You know what I mean, that happens to so many people in the NFL, and it's just you, you cannot blame. That's that's just this happens when 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 bad things happen. Everybody wants to find somebody to place the blame on, and sometimes there's no blame to be placed. It just happens sometimes. So yeah. Like All right, that. so Zach Taylor. I don't uh, necessarily think you're a great coach, but I don't think you handled this wrong. I'm, I'm on your side on this. He's only had a year and a half to coach. I think he's a decent coach, but I think, we'll find. I out think he could more. be a good offensive mind, maybe not head coach material. All right, so I have some recalls to hand out. Ooh. One of these is obvious, but I wanted to come on the show and say it because my bold prediction from the last time we recorded just got shattered by Taysom Hill. Taysom so time, minded too. My recall is obvious: the Falcons are not going to win the division. Was uh, that still on the table? Yeah, like, I, I had not run five runs. I then? had not recalled it yet. Uh, I remember you saying that they were going to win five in a row. I didn't know that that was coupled with still winning the division. I had not recalled it yet, so I'm officially recalling. And the Saints are going to win the division. Um, I just like what what Taysom Hill brought to that offense was. I, I don't want to use the word surprising, but I didn't expect it to run as well as it did. You know what I mean? There were times where I'm surprised it didn't run almost at all i mean yeah i mean obviously he had two rushing touchdowns so he did run i mean like when he got to like the right five and beyond Which but is I, awesome. I expected this to be like a little wildcat uh who knows what's happening i'm glad it was and i'm glad it wasn't especially for Taysom hill because it was very much You're sean, right it was very much sean payton saying look i haven't been lying this kid could play quarterback uh so i liked that i liked that a lot but yes that's my one that's my first recall my second recall is all these are, are playoff implications. I said the Texans would make the playoffs as one of the wild cards. Obviously, I do not think that they will at this point with their record. I also said that, though. Uh, I'm recalling that, and I'm putting in the Miami Dolphins. Right now, they're just on the outside looking in. They Ooh. had a tough loss this past weekend at, to the Denver Broncos, and you know it was it was it was tough to watch. Tua struggled. Uh, he got benched at some point. I'm sure we'll talk about that later. But I just I believe in this team. I'm not sold on the team right above them in the in the uh, Las Vegas Raiders. I'm not. Say they play each other later too, so and they do have a matchup later. So it'll I think it'll come down to that, and I believe in the Dolphins. So that's that. And my final and spiciest recall oh. is on the NFC East. Oh man, that's I was uh, wrong for the first time in like five years. Some 
Red hot sauce right there. The Philadelphia Eagles are not going to win the division. <laughs> they certainly have uh, a pretty and, difficult path to do so. And I, like I said, I was bragging about it at the beginning of the year that I haven't got the division winner wrong in a couple of years here now. But I'm recalling it, and it's also not going to be the Dallas Cowboys. It's going to be the, the Washington, Washington football Giants. Team. You know, I almost said that. I literally have Washington Giants written right here because. Would it really have Washington Giants yep, written? Yep. I was I was gonna say that because I it was it's hard for me to pick between these two teams. Oh, okay. But, I see what you're saying. Yeah, but I'm I'm saying the Washington football team is going to win this division. They're they're featured in Pals picks later, so we'll talk about it. But I think there's a big game right here on Thanksgiving. Uh, I think that they're gonna win that game, and whoever wins that game will be will leading take, the division for a couple of days. It'll take the stranglehold of the division. These, it's just. It's a crazy division. They all have three wins. Uh, right now, the Eagles oh, wow. have the re- Eagles have the edge because of the tie, which is hysterical. Uh, but I just like I really believe in this defensive front is fearsome. They're scary. Chase Young is scary. Uh, then they have got young, good talent on offense and weapons. And Alex young. Smith, the guy who had a guy who we love the champion, and he's come back from a horrific injury and complications with that injury. Uh, and he looks solid. He had two straight 300 yard passing days, which he had never had in his career. Yeah, we do and, need to give some props to him. He yeah. got his first win in like something like yeah. 750 days. It's, it was just it's, awesome. It's insane. So I just they've they've got weapons on offense and Terry McLaurin and Antonio Gibson and J D McKissick and like they've got weapons and they've got talent around them. And I just think that they're well coached and. I think that they, they're going to win this division. All right. So. so I think we should get our – there was at least two right there. I haven't been tracking the other ones. Oh, no, we lost. Just can we do – I don't want to be self – I've been <laughs> self-conscious. Self-conscious. I've been self-conscious about it for 12 minutes. I've already done five. I lost. You haven't done five. Stop. We're there it fun. is, five. There's three. <laughs> okay. So let's get our simultaneous – Catch bet of the year. I'm gonna go with the Giants. You taking oh, no. Washington? Oh, so no. let's let's go. go with that. Oh, uh, we'll bet. We'll, we'll just keep it simple. Uh, oh, let's let's go back to our our case of soda. Okay, case of pop. Case of soda. <laughs> All right, I'm officially counting the sniffs again. So okay. <laughs> so right, yeah. on to other news. That was good. That was a good one, man. Yeah. Just recalled everything that we've said all year. So yeah, right. Clearly, we have no precedents at all. Just throw it out the window. Absolutely. So, obviously, the big news of the day is the Baltimore Steelers game scheduled for tomorrow night being postponed uh-huh. to one fifteen on Sunday. This is uh, amongst a myriad, 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 I think. Myriad. Myriad. I think you can of, say myriad, but. Of COVID reports uh, from players, obviously, the running backs uh, were a big story. Mark Ingram, J.K. Dobbins uh, being put on the list. There's some defensive players out there, too. Pittsburgh, I mean, Baltimore, excuse me, had considered flying to Pittsburgh tomorrow to play the game tomorrow. So, obviously, that was going to be cutting it a little bit close. So, the game, or the NFL, decided to move the game. So, we only have two Thanksgiving games tomorrow, but, hey, we should be thankful we have NFL at all. Yeah, right? absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so um, maybe this is a bit of a cold read, uh, but let's put ourselves in. I want to put you in the, the shoes of the Steelers, which obviously we're going to talk about in a little bit. But this team, probably next to the Titans, has been affected by COVID more than any other team thus far, where they had 
their early bye weeks scheduled and had to have their bye in week four. Now they're getting they're getting their primetime Thanksgiving game taken away. Uh, a couple weeks ago, Ben didn't get to practice with his players, so there have been games moved, games canceled, players not being able to practice. Mentally, how do you feel as a as a player at this point? Is it not a is it not a big deal? Are we going back to that? You're a professional player, so it doesn't matter. Strap up your cleats whenever you want to. I definitely think that it would be foolish to say it doesn't affect them at all. But I think at this point in the season, it's less so than it probably was at the start. I mean, I think we're at the point now where we know what the protocols are and we've adapted. I mean, how many players at the beginning of the week, it's like they place this person on the list or they move this person up or this facility shut down and then we still have the games anyway. You I mean, it's been, it's been a while since a game has been moved. You know what I mean? Like when, the last time a game was moved was, wasn't it the, like the KC Buffalo game? Wasn't that the last time it was actually moved? I feel like it was. Like week five. So it's been a while since they've been able to move around and do virtual stuff during the week or have somebody sit all week and then still play at the weekend. So I think that the NFL has done a great job and the teams have done a great job of handling this. So I think that – I don't want to say it's routine because it's obviously still very different than years past. But I really think that you're, you're right. These guys are professionals and they've handled it well. I, I – I didn't expect the game to be moved, but it's the right thing to do. You want to make sure everybody's safe. You want to make sure everybody is taking the right precautions. And, you know, we talked about this, I think, on the last time we recorded. But, I mean, this is their job. And you and I go to our jobs every day still. uh, And we take precautions and we stay safe. But if we're all out here working, then we're we're, going to do our best to stay safe and adapt to it. And at this point... Like, you know, I go to work and it's just protocol that I wear a mask. You know what I mean? I stand behind a screen at the front desk so that I'm not, you know, I'm doubly protected and they're doubly protected. It's just these are the rules of the game right now in 2020, the world that we're living in. And I think that teams are adapting. You mentioned Big Ben missing a whole week that he came out and they won big in the game that, that he played. So, like, you know, I, they made a joke. Uh, I think Big Ben was like, hey, can I just sit down every week and then show up and play or something? So I, I just really think that, you know, we talked about it at the beginning of the year, whether or not this would really affect teams. And I don't think it really has that much. I mean, you even talk about the Titans who didn't practice for like 11 straight days and came out and, and beat the Bills on that Tuesday night football game. So I just really think um, I really think that these teams are professionals and it'll be okay. Yeah, well said, well said. So speaking about those Steelers, Adam was teasing a special guest that we were able to have on the show. So uh, you want to tell us about that, my friend, and we can get that interview going Yeah, here. so we, we've been trying to get get uh, Josh Works with one Glenn Connor, brother to James Connor, running back of the Pittsburgh Steelers. And we've been trying to get him on the show for a little while. He, uh, I mean, he wanted to be on the show. So we we were able to get get a hold of him uh, a day or so ago. So in the interview, obviously we pre-recorded this. We do talk about the game on Thanksgiving. Obviously it was postponed, uh, but right now we're gonna get we're gonna get Glenn Connor interview right here. And here we go, James Connor's brother, Glenn Connor. All right, we are joined now by Glenn Connor. Glenn, thanks for being on the show with us today. No problem. Thank you guys for having me. Appreciate it. Yeah, not a problem. So we're going to be talking about the Pittsburgh Steelers today. Uh, this is maybe a question that uh, 
maybe some Steelers fans are going to say no to, but uh, it's pretty basic. Are you surprised by the team's extremely hot start? They're 10-0. That's uh, never been done in franchise history. Are you surprised by that? A little bit, kind of, yeah, to be honest. Um, You know, especially considering everything that happened last year and the way that season went, I uh, didn't expect them to start off, you know, this hot. I mean, looking at their schedule, you know, we knew that uh, we thought, you know, we could definitely win some games and stuff, but I didn't think it was going to be like this, you know. And so it's, like, really fun to see, you know, Ben being back is a huge positive. And uh, you can definitely see that, see how much he was missed last year. Sure, absolutely. So talking about that 10-0 and start, They've obviously gone through some up and downs, thinking back a few weeks ago about the Dallas game, uh, struggled a little bit there. There have been some up and downs, but the fact is they are the lone undefeated team in the NFL. Do you feel that Pittsburgh is fielding the best team in the NFL right now? I mean, the numbers don't lie, you know, they're undefeated, so... I mean, no. I mean, they're you know they're power ranked or whatever number one overall. And I mean, they deserved it. They, you know, they don't make the schedule that a lot of people say they got an easy schedule, but they don't make the schedule. You know, they just got to play the games. So um, it's good to see. But I mean, obviously, you know, there's other teams that are really good. You know, that aren't on the schedule. Like uh, Kansas City is tough. You know, and um, is you know the Seattle. I mean, there's a lot of other good teams that you know they won't see in the regular season but you know in uh, the playoffs or the Super Bowl or whatever you know that'll be you know just fun to see but either way this is just fun to, to watch right now you know being 10-0 and uh, I'm, a, I'm a huge fan so I'm loving it. There we go absolutely so you're talking about being a fan I know also from from your playing career you're a, a defensive player you have a defensive mind what are some of the points that you've taken away from this Steelers defense about What's something that makes them so good and versatile? Everybody just is good. Everybody's good. You know, on defense, you just have to have, like, a, like a beast mentality, and everybody does that. And, like, you've got, you know, T.J. Wadden, Bud Dupree, and, uh, you know, Mika Fitzpatrick, and all those guys, like, you know, that do what they're supposed to do, Joe Hayden, like, you know, you can just literally name all the players, and, like, you know, they just, they're all good. But... I think uh, I'm, I'm a big fan of Spillane right now, you know, especially how uh, he had to step up and uh, he, he was uh, a big factor. So that's, that's, I always like seeing, like, a, you know, a backup really, really stepping up and, you know, getting it done. Yeah, absolutely. And, I mean, as stacked as the defense is, the offense might be even more stacked. I mean, every single week it seems to be a new guy is taking over you with Chase Claypool, uh, leading all rookies in touchdowns this year. And then you have Deontay Johnson, who was a third or fourth round receiver a couple years ago. Um, just talking to us about, you know, are there any particular offensive players that have stuck out to you uh, just sort of coming on strong at the start of the season? Um, uh, definitely uh, Chase Claypool, for sure. Um, he's I was, like, super excited about him when he got drafted. Like, I'm just a, a fan of the big players, you know, big receivers, you know, and uh, it just seemed like, you know, last year they didn't have that big target, you know, that big receiver that they could go to. And 
when they picked him in the first round, I was I was super happy. He was a, I thought that was a good pickup. And uh, Eric Ebron, um, James and Eric Ebron, they have a you know they have a good relationship. They know each other, and uh, they, I know James was really excited that when uh, Pittsburgh signed him. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, it seems more and more, especially in the AFC AFC with Kansas City, you just you got to have the firepower to match them for sure. Uh, so we were going to ask about beating Baltimore earlier in this season, which was a hard-fought game. You guys really handled Lamar Jackson. I think one of my favorite quotes from the year, especially from Mike Tomlin, a coach we both love on the show, uh, he said, you know, we respect him, but we don't fear him. Now we're coming into the second matchup with, with Baltimore here on Thanksgiving. Uh, just, just talk to us a little bit about, you know, having beaten them in such a tough match last week, last time, and uh, this matchup coming up. Um, my thoughts on it, I mean, it was definitely a hard-fought match last time. And, um, you know, this time, honestly, you can't expect it to be anything different just because, you know, obviously Pittsburgh, you know, they're still undefeated and, you know, they've been playing better. They just had a dominant uh, game against uh, Jacksonville. And, yeah, uh, you know, Baltimore, it seems like they've been struggling a little bit more. But, I mean, they're all still professionals in any given Sunday. And you just – you can't – you can't, you know, just let the, the the moment overshadow that there's the job to be done. You know, and those guys, you know, they they understand that. You know, it's a short week for both teams, and uh, there's bumps and bruises, and with the COVID protocols, you know, I hope that I mean it'll work out in our advantage and Pittsburgh's advantage, or uh, that they're in a COVID protocol. But you don't wish that on anybody. It's just you know unfortunate, but they got a lot of things against them. You know, so it's just you know. I, I hope Pittsburgh wins, you know, and I expect them to. But you have to respect every team every week. They, those guys are going to show up. Yeah, absolutely. Glenn, I just have two more questions for you. Uh, one being, sure. like I said, uh, you, you've you been playing sports for your, your entire career. Uh, you've played football, but a, a plethora of other sports. We were just talking about Mike Tomlin and and the respect that we have from him uh, obviously did a great job last year with, with the talent, and this year all of that's really coming together. I really liked after uh, the win against Jacksonville, he came out and said, the only thing that's perfect about us right now is our record. He knows they have a long way to go. As a player, from a player's mentality, what is it like to have a coach that's so well-spoken, put together, and a true leader? Um, it's like... You got the coach always, you know, you, the coach sets the tone, you know, it's like the coach is like the president, you know, you want a strong leader. And, you know, I, I'm super happy that, you know, James found himself as part of an organization that has a, a strong leader in, uh, you know, Coach Tomlin. You know, it's like I can't speak too much, you know, I'm not playing for him, you know, or I'm just, you know, I'm a fan. And I just, I'm, I'm glad that he's playing for a really good coach. I like Tomlin a lot. Perfect. And um, the last question, this could be the hardest one for you to answer. Uh, being a, a fan yourself, what are your expectations for this team moving forward? Obviously, there's six more games to go. If Pittsburgh stays the number one, they can earn that uh, coveted bye week. Uh, but we've seen some teams uh, talk about wanting to lose that first game to kind of get that monkey off your back. What are your expectations moving forward? Um. 
I, I don't have any expectations. You know, I, I expect them to just, you know, go hard every week and, and just, you know, win. And that's it. You know, they want to win. I just, as long as you guys, those guys are putting forth the effort and, you know, getting it done, which is what they do. That's their standard. That's how they play. I just, I love it. I'm just excited to watch every week. But it's like one week at a time, you know, so I don't, I don't think about the future. I just, my thing is just stay healthy. I just want, I just want James to stay healthy. So I just don't, you know, no, all good energy, all good energy. That's all I want for him. So every week, you got to say a prayer and pray for health and pray for a victory. And that's what, that's what we talk about. So that's it. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, I know that Josh and I are certainly big fans of James. We have been through, you know, when he went through all the draft process. And I went to college in Pittsburgh, so I was a big fan of his at Pitt as well. So, I mean, uh, that's really awesome. And we, we're, we're certainly going to be rooting for the Steelers through the season as well. Oh, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. So, here we go. I lied to you, Glenn. I have one last thing. <laughs> we always have... We always have our guests come on and pick uh, their team's games. So the Thursday night, Thanksgiving night game, Baltimore travels to Pittsburgh to take on the Steelers. You indicated that you think they're going to win. Is that your official pick? You're picking Pittsburgh? Yeah, that's my official pick. Pittsburgh final answer. There um, we go. I don't, I don't know. I don't got a score prediction or nothing <laughs> like that. I just, I, I, I just like to see a good game. Both teams leave healthy. But Pittsburgh gets the win. There we go. Love it. I also hate picking scores. So, <laughs> but yeah, thanks, Glenn, so much for taking a couple minutes to be with us on the show today. We really appreciate it. No problem, man. You guys have a good one. Thanks for having me. Yeah, you have a great Thanksgiving. All right. Hey, you as well. Thank you. Yeah. So that was really cool to have him on, and I appreciate him sharing. Uh, so Glenn, he's just a really, really good guy. Uh, He's a he's a phenomenal athlete of his of his own merit. Yeah. He uh, does play for oh, I forget what it is now. It's some, the Erie Express or something like that. It's either that one or the other one. Which, say Erie, so like they, they have two teams. Yeah, there is like there out. is there is like a low end uh, like uh, developmental league uh, that is actually like we were looking into it. There's teams all across the country uh, that have this, but he does play defensive end for for the Erie. I think it's Express, but there's another Erie team too. <laughs> so uh, he he brings a good knowledge of the game, and also from like I said, that player standpoint as well as as a fan point of I really liked hearing him. It just it is the Erie Express, but it's also there's also the Erie Explosion. Speak about uh, just the player's mentality, keeping them safe and everything. I think as an athlete, I think you can have a, a better I don't want to say a better appreciation than the common fan, but just like knowing what what those guys go through keeping your body and and mind mentally and physically well yeah absolutely it was cool to hear him talk about that yeah and i mean he's obviously very high on the steelers and he should be 10 and 0 uh for the first time ever and i think this is where we get i i uh, listening to the her, the herd colin coward and he said something really cool he was like or no, i guess i shouldn't say really cool it's just a p- opinion that i like but he said that he doesn't do the whole 16 and 0 conversation until you get to 10 and 0 like if you get to 10 and 0 it's like all right Six games left. Can you do it? So I, I think we should have the conversation now. The Steelers are ten and zero. Do we think that they can be a sixteen and zero football team? Oh, absolutely. I think they can. Um, do I think they will? Probably not. So let's take a look at their schedule here. Obviously, they have the Ravens that was postponed to Sunday, and then they have Washington at home. Uh, then they have the Bills in Buffalo on Sunday night. 
and then they go to the Bengals, then they're home for the Colts, and then they're in Cleveland. Uh, I They're probably going to be favored in all six of those games. Probably favored just due to their perfect record and whatnot. Obviously, this Sunday is big. This Sunday's there's really, and this is weird saying about an NFL team, obviously, but probably other than Washington, there's probably not a big game. There's probably not not a big game on the schedule. Having okay. three divisional opponents in this stretch. I was like, Washington's your only big game. <laughs> no, that's, that's but hysterical. Even even Cincinnati, who's going to be rolling out Brandon Allen, you know, as the division opponent, you don't want to let them be undefeated. You would love to be that mark to take them down. And I mean, obviously, Buffalo is a heck of an opponent. Um, I'm really, really, really excited to watch that game. We beat them last year in prime time. Did beat them last year in prime time. I think this is going to be a slightly, obviously, a slightly oh, yeah, different absolutely, beast. Absolutely. So I'm just really excited to see that one, but definitely not an easy test. But like, let's even imagine we get to 17 against Cleveland. Cleveland being in a playoff spot right now is going to be in it right near, yeah, until the end. Absolutely. And like I said, you know. If if Pittsburgh got to that game at fifteen and zero, Cleveland of all teams is going to have oh, yeah. seventeen chips on their shoulder oh, to knock off. Oh yeah, and get that one in the column. So I don't know. I don't know. This is really really fascinating. I feel like we haven't. I mean, obviously we've seen teams in the last handful of years go this far and and be undefeated. And we saw Carolina a few years ago go fifteen and one. I'm really curious as to the mentality that goes into it. I know coaches and players always talk about like, oh, we don't care about the record and we're not trying to go undefeated. But I really do feel like sometimes maybe getting that L earlier, and I mentioned this to Glenn, now instead of maybe getting in the playoffs could be a big thing. It takes yeah. that, that weight off your shoulders a little bit. Yeah, and I think that I think that players might say that they – I don't want to say that they don't care about it, but pl- when players say that, I don't think it means that they don't care about it. I think it means that they care more about you know winning the title. You know what I mean? Sure, of course but, they but want to win. But of course they would love to be like a record that hasn't – well, I mean – Right. I mean, you're right. I mean, it has technically been done once by the Dolphins, right. but it, that wasn't 17-0. and They didn't win 17 consecutive games. Well, I mean, the Patriots went 16-0. and And they then won. they lost. Yeah. And so, like – I mean, any player would be foolish to admit deep down they would love to be the right. the first 17-0 team. And right. 50 years from now, they'll pop champagne when right. the undefeated team goes down. And, right. of course, they want to be that group. Uh-huh. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's just interesting. And I'm, I'm really curious thinking about, obviously, you and I have a tremendous respect for Tomlin. Yeah, and we absolutely. we think he's doing a great job. But this is yeah. also a team where – Obviously, with phenomenal coaching, we have seen Pittsburgh in the past kind of overlook certain things. I think back to that playoff game against Jacksonville when the whole thing was like, oh, we're going to be playing the Patriots. Like, we can handle Jacksonville. And not to say, like, obviously that was a few years removed and it's a completely different team now. Different players, players that weren't even on the team are impacting this team now. Players that weren't even in a league then are impacting the team now. But we have seen this in the past from this organization so I really feel like they're not thinking about undefeated. Yeah. At least they shouldn't be. Yeah, and I like I said, we, we have such respect for Tomlin, and we thought he was the coach of the year last year. Um, and I just I just think that he's going to have his guys ready week to week that we're ready to play this team. Uh, I mean, obviously the Ravens, the Colts, and the Bills, I think, are the three toughest matchups. Uh, 
you know, we talked about divisional games with the Browns and, and the Bengals, and those are just like those are tough for a different reason. But in terms of like just football teams, those are the three toughest matchups. Sure. So we'll see what happens. I think, especially with a lot of players possibly being out for the Ravens, this one might not be as tough as the last one. But we'll see what happens. Of course, uh, I don't think that they go sixteen and all. I, I think it would be fun, but you know, it's just it's so hard in the NFL. And I do think that Tomlin. Excuse me. Might be the t- kind of coach where at the end of the year he might be like, okay, you know, we this is we don't, I don't want anybody to get hurt here because Ben is an older quarterback. Okay, uh, he's been injured plenty of times in his career, um, so we'll see what happens. That's for That's a sure. great point, though, especially yeah. I mean, like in week seventeen, right? If you have everything locked up, and well, and the other thing about it is, it is possible that they don't because the Chiefs are nine and one. Right. I mean, I, it's so weird that we're talking about the Steelers. It's like ten and zero, ten and zero, ten and zero. It's like, but the Chiefs are nine and one. They're right there. Yeah. Uh. So, so we'll see what happens with that. But it could be in in, in a year where where that. It's the first year where there's only one team in each conference with a bye. That one seed is so valuable. It, we could see them having to play that last week. So we, we don't know what it'll, how it'll play out, uh, but I, I think that it'll be fun to track, and I was glad that we, we got to talk to Glenn about it for sure. Me too. Absolutely. Um. Yep. All right. So... I thought I had something else to say about that, but I don't. All right. Let's get into our Thanksgiving segment here. What are you thankful for? So I said NFL edition, so I have some things that are related to the NFL. Um, so right. So I don't know if you had things that weren't related to the NFL. So I, I mean, want you to go first because I don't want you to have any preference as to how I did it. <laughs> so what I did is I picked things that people in the NFL would be thankful for. Okay. Okay. But first I'll say – Something that obviously the NFL is thankful for is the plethora of capable backups that teams are obviously having to wheel out. Okay, we have seen yeah. injuries a many this year uh, to big-time stars, obviously talking about Christian McCaffrey. And obviously when that happened, people were like, oh, man, that stinks. And then Mike Davis came in right. and it's been amazing. Saquon Barkley. Saquon Barkley. And obviously the Wayne Gallman. Wayne Gallman's been very good. Yeah. Um, Thinking about Drew Brees and oh, how yeah. well Taysom just performed. For sure. And there's just been so many injuries to so many key players that the NFL usually is like, oh, no, like this is awful. Like we're losing right. our star players and right. people. But we really, in my opinion, I haven't seen like too much drop off. I feel like games have still been extremely entertaining. And so obviously the NFL has to be thankful for cable backups. Yeah, absolutely. And that is the one, I don't want to say I didn't do anything that's mean. Okay. But like that's that's my serious thankful thing. So. Okay. Well, my first thankful thing is I'm thankful for the NFC East and how terrible it is. So okay. <laughs> I am thankful I am thankful that we get a division where we are eleven weeks into the season and all three teams only have three wins and that we get a matchup between three and seven teams that actually matters on Thanksgiving. I just I talk about a lot on the show how like if you could put two teams on the field, I'm gonna want to watch it. Uh, and I love watching you know teams play that aren't very good and like that matters to me and I enjoy it. But I think it's so fun that these teams are ha- have struggled so much throughout the year and it's still. You know, there are so many coaches who probably tell a three and seven team, "Listen, this still matters." Like we're playing like a team like the Houston Texans, who are three and seven and playing on Thanksgiving. It doesn't matter, but their Romeo Cadell, I'm sure, is like, "This still matters. It's an NFL game. You guys need to win this." But 
Ron Rivera and Mike McCarthy can legitimately tell their teams this matters. You, you can win the division. You can have a home playoff game this year. And I'm just I'm thankful that a division like this typically in years past, like I'm trying to think of divisions that are similar. Like I'm trying to think of of during the Pats dominant run, how many times the three teams, the Jets, Dolphins, and Bills were just horrible. But the Pats were 12-4 and four because they just lapped us. You know what I mean? There was one team always. But this one is – there is no team that's lapping another one right now. Right. This is the first time in NFL history that a division has not had a team with more than four wins through 11 weeks. It's insane. And it's fun. It's I think it – like a lot of people – will get mad at it or a lot of people will say it's like bad for the game and I think it's really good for the game. I understand the whole notion of I saw something well because technically Philadelphia is the leader right now. Right, right because so of the tie. like they were like Philadelphia gets a home home game this playoffs and like the seven three bucks don't and I get like that being annoying for some fans, but that's just that's how it is. That's how it works and we've had this before with the Seattle was seven and nine and they were the first team uh, below 500, and they beat the defending champ New Orleans Saints in a huge game that was a lot of fun. Then you had the seven, eight, and one Carolina Panthers with Cam Newton that went in and beat the Cardinals and won a playoff game. So, like, I get it, I totally get it, but I just think it's so much fun, and it really looks. And then we got plenty of matchups between these teams to end the season, and I think that it's just going to be a blast to watch. It might come down to the last week. Who knows? And I think that, excuse me, we, we, we might be looking at our first six-win division winner. <laughs> it, All be right. hysterical. So I don't I'm know thankful. if I see any of the teams winning uh, I don't know if three of their next six. <laughs> <laughs> Five-win division winner. <laughs> Yikes. All right. Uh, so here's where I get a little bit silly with this, this homework assignment. I think Ben Roethlisberger, going back to the Steelers, is thankful that Antonio Brown is no longer on the team. <laughs> Okay. Thinking about, and obviously he's come back to the NFL. He seems to be doing all right in Tampa, not being the guy. Although, especially last weekend, he looked like the guy. Brady was just peppering him with targets and situations where I was like, that wasn't the right thing to do. But can you imagine at the end of the time of Antonio Brown in in Pittsburgh, that was when Juju was having his, his great rookie year, Ben Roethlisberger, I think this year more so than most quarterbacks and I don't even want to say that because it's probably not true but it just seems so prevalent that it doesn't matter who you are he's throwing to everybody and everybody's getting lots of targets there's not a single target hog on the team and so when you have guys like Johnson Smith Schuster Claypool now Eric Ebron's been pretty good there's nobody that's like hey I want the ball and I feel like that chemistry that we're seeing could be completely ruined from something like what we saw at the end of Antonio Brown's I agree. tenure in, I in thousand percent agree. So I think Roethlisberger right now, and this is a guy that after Bell left and after Brown left, people were like, this guy isn't uh, showing to be like a team leader. And I think he really took that to heart. I think we talked about that on the show a couple years ago. We talked about having people over to his house. It really seems like that's been reversed. And I think he's he's thankful that it he's in the situation he is now. Obviously being 10 and 0, but just seeming to have a have a good relationship Absolutely. with the team. And I yeah, you're right. And we we joke all the time about I think that every team that needs a GM needs to just go to the Steelers organization and be like, "Who's the guy who picks your receivers?" Uh, we want that guy to run our department. Uh, so, yeah, I mean that's that that's awesome. And I you're right. I mean, 
we would even talk about Deontay Johnson, Juju Smith-Schuster, Chase Claypool, Eric Ebon, but we don't even talk about James Washington, a guy who was great last year. Yeah. Just like there, you know? Right. They just have so many weapons, and it's it's fun to see. All right, so my second, what am I? What we're thankful for Thanksgiving football edition. I'm thankful for the New York Jets in terms of fantasy football for always giving me a defense that I can play every week. Thank you, Adam Gase, for being so horrible that I can confidently have the Browns and the Rams on 90% of my fantasy rosters because that's who I'm going to roll out in the fantasy playoffs and feel confident that I'm going to get turnovers and possibly touchdowns. So thank you, Adam Gase and the New York Jets. I thought you should have been fired week one, but you know what? I'm glad that you kept them on because you guys can stay terrible. All right, I have something. So you said you were mean, and I was like, I mean, I have a mean I have something (laughs) semi-similar. I think Justin Fields right now is thankful to Coach Anthony Lynn and the Chargers for finally being able to finish a game because if the Jets had won and gotten that column, then who knows who'd have that number one overall pick because I'm pretty confident that Fields is going second overall. Okay. And I think he'd much rather be in Jacksonville than New York. I would. <laughs> so I think he is thankful to the Chargers organization for finally <laughs> finishing a game, not letting the Jets get out of that. Oh, man. Pick. I mean, uh, rough, dude. Just rough. Yeah, probably. I have, I have one more. Okay, I have one more, too. All right, you can finish. I'm up. thankful to commentators who mess up names on air. Uh, because for two reasons. One, we get the amazing Decaf Metcalf nickname uh, that became a sensation in Seattle and all kinds of coffee shops. Are out. You can order a Decaf Metcalf now. It's pretty amazing. But I'm also thankful to it so that we can have moments where we laugh that we thought commentators were messing up names. <laughs> names like Young Wei Koo. We thought it was Young Ho for the longest time, but it's not. It's Young Wei. Uh, and was there another name? There was another one that yeah, I can't uh, think of right now. I can't remember what it is. Either. Oh, it was Raheem Moore. I thought it was. Raheem, oh, yeah. I thought it was Raheem Moore, but his name really is Raheem Morris, and I've been messing it up even on the show. But I just I'm thankful to commentators who mess up names for one, giving us nicknames that we can use for the rest of time, but also giving me an opportunity to look like an idiot. <laughs> Not that I need extra ones. Uh, all right. Be nice to yourself. Okay. Jameis Winston. Oh, my. Maybe not a guy that has a lot to be thankful for this year right now. You know, Drew Brees went down. Everyone was talking before Taysom Hill. Oh, it's going to be Jameis. He just needs to come and do the Teddy Bridgewater thing. He can get another shot. Didn't get it that way. Obviously, Taysom came in and played really, really well. So it's looking like Jameis, at least with the Saints, is going to be permanent bench warmer why is he thankful i think Jameis winston is thankful to see tom brady perform so badly in prime time <laughs> for the tampa bay bucks amazing brady obviously has struggled in prime time he has i think it's a five to five touchdown interception ratio the whole reason of getting rid of Jameis was to limit turnovers they thought tom brady wasn't going to do that in the biggest stages thus far, Tom Brady has done just that. There was, so I feel like There Jameis, was not a single throw on, uh, what was it, Monday night? On Monday night that I was like, Jameis wouldn't have done that. <laughs> it, it literally, you could have plugged Jameis in in the same game, probably would have happened. So I feel like he is sitting down there in the bayou being like, all right, this is, <laughs> at least this feels kind of good, I guess. So. Yeah, at least he gets to be on the winning team. <laughs> 
Amazing. All right. Well, uh, we're thankful for a lot of things. I'm obviously more serious things. I'm obviously thankful that the bills are good. Uh, I'm thankful that we've got to experience the beginning of the Tua era together. Like, I'm thankful that we've had that. I think it's been a lot of fun to okay. share that with each other. Uh, I'm thankful that we get to live in this nice apartment together, uh, be with my best friend every day. Uh, but uh, I'm thankful for my family. Cry. <laughs> I'm thankful for my family that I, that I've luckily gotten to see uh, more than most get to during this, this these trying times that we're in in the pandemic. Uh, I'm thankful that football is on, you know. I'm thankful that we have that. That should definitely be a thing because I feel like people are upset about the game being canceled tomorrow. And they're yeah. like, the games that are scheduled stink. Like, and I mean, they're not great record matchups. Oh no, I'm but, ex- I'm so excited. And for I it. mean, like, I think like really diehard fans like us are like, that's cool. But some people are right. like, I don't want to watch that. And but we should just be Apple happy. Apple. Happy. We should just be happy that right now we have a lead to root for. I so. agree. And and I I think that. Uh, we really need to – I mean in life in general, we need to be thankful for the things that we've been blessed with for sure. But especially this year that's been so hard and it's so – we, we've talked about this and I've talked about this with many people. You could tell me that 2020 was one week or 10 years and I'd be like, yeah. You know what I mean? It just – it feels like both at the same time and it's like, oh my god, this year's almost over. It's just – it's so strange and we're living in super hard times. So I just – I think that we need to take our wins and we get them and we have football at all and I'm super thankful for that. Amen. That was nice, buddy. Couldn't agree more. So coming off of that, let's get into a couple no huddle notes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Focusing on the games tomorrow. So Washington at Dallas. So Washington has scored 20-plus points in four straight games. Good for Washington. Yeah, good for them. That's the longest they streak they've had like that since 2017. On the flip side, though, Dallas has allowed 20-plus in all 10 games this year. That is a really long-time record. I didn't write down the year, but it was something like 40 or 30 years, something like that. So obviously where Dallas is starting to hit their – or Washington starting to hit their stride offensively, Dallas, the Dallas defense too. is still struggling on that point, but their offense certainly did come alive. Dallas looks very good against against Minnesota. I was very impressed. Zeke on Thanksgiving has averaged ninety six point three yards per game, and that's the second most by a player on Thanksgiving Day since the nineteen seventy merger. So wow, Zeke's thing is he likes to eat. He certainly likes to eat Thanksgiving and was, turkey. And there was the big, I don't know if it was his first Thanksgiving or or what. But there was the big him jumping into the Salvation Army uh, donation thing oh, yeah. on, on the end zone. And, like, a couple million dollars were donated to Salvation Army in honor of that. That was Thanksgiving. So I forgot about that. Then the last uh, thing I have about this game is, according to Next Gen Stats, Cowboys quarterbacks have been pressured on 151 dropbacks this season. That's the second most in the NFL. On the flip side, Washington is averaging 3.2 sacks per game, awesome. which is their the most by their team in, in the last decade. So you were talking about all that great young talent coming after uh, Andy Dalton. Uh, they definitely have the opportunity to capitalize on that tomorrow. Absolutely. I, I was trying to look up uh, which uh, team had the most sacks um, in the NFL. But I, don't I feel like Washington's probably up there, probably not near the lead. I feel like they're ha- they had a couple of games that were smaller droughts than some teams. Right, right. But they certainly have been very consistent. Obviously, averaging three a game is it's nothing to 
flip your nose at? I can't find it. I'm sorry. That's okay. Uh, regardless, regardless. So the that's the afternoon game. the The first game is the Texans traveling to Detroit. So Stafford is 24 and four in games that he does not have a turnover and a 100 plus passer rating. That's obviously a lot of good things to go right in a football game, right? Right. However, Houston has the fewest takeaways and has allowed the highest passer rating in the league this year. They only have five takeaways, and that's the only. They are only the second team in the Super Bowl era to have five or fewer takeaways in ten games. Wow! So it seems like Stafford has that shot there. Washington is sixth in sacks. They have thirty-two, all right, but they're all right. tied with the Bucks, the Rams, the Saints for that. So you know, I guess we could have done that math. They play ten games. Uh, So on his career, Stafford is 4-5 and in Thanksgiving games, so he's looking to get back to 500. I wouldn't have expected him to be that well on Thanksgiving games, to be honest. Yeah, I certainly associate the Lions losing more often on Thanksgiving than winning. But I guess they don't. So, I mean, obviously we talked about, I thought they were going to win last week, and then... You know they'd be five and five, and they could be six and five winning this game. It would have been nuts. Uh, but I mean, <laughs> I'm laughing, but they're not that. They're right there on the outside looking again. I mean, obviously the Cardinals dropped one, and they're six and four. Then you've got the Bears at five and five, and the Vikings and the Lions both at four and six are not like completely out of it. No, they're not. You know what I mean, <laughs> so we'll see if they can get that win tomorrow against the struggling Texans. Although the Texans' offense has looked pretty good. They are certainly coming on. Deshaun Watson has looked great. Making what I thought was a super it's prediction. It's just hysterical. It's hysterical that... Especially, like, in this year. It's correct, and they're bad. I know. It's crazy. <laughs> it's pretty crazy. It just proves that quarterback... That wins are not a quarterback stat. V true. V true. And then uh, I did just want to highlight a couple of things about the Buffalo game, just because we're getting your team back after their bye week, so... I thought it was super fascinating when we look at the stat comparisons from these teams, comparing Allen to Herbert and then Diggs to Keenan Allen. Those two, for obviously quarterback and wide receiver perspectives, they're very, very similar. And I thought that was so interesting. Herbert's been very, very, very good. And obviously Allen's had a couple really, really huge games where I feel like Diggs has been very, very good more consistently. Yeah, absolutely. So I mean, he's leading the league in receptions and yards. I don't actually know if he still is after the end of the week because I think uh, – I know D-Hop was close at two, but so I don't really know if they still is, but he was heading into the week. So here we are, week 12. <laughs> I can't remember <laughs> that. With Josh Allen leading the Buffalo Bills with five rushing touchdowns this year, all the other players combined have four. I still think that's crazy. Maybe not as crazy to you who loves seeing Josh Allen. Say that one more time. Josh Allen has five rushing touchdowns. Right. All the other players on the team combined have four. Oh yeah, that's true. I mean, he vultures those goal line carries. (laughs) I just that just baffles my mind. Baffles, I say. Though the Chargers. Uh, 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 Sorry, I I stand corrected. Stephon Diggs is now number two. To guess who? Keenan Allen? Yes. Because he had 16 <laughs> catches or whatever. <laughs> He's got he has 81 catches now. And that's that's in receptions though, and yardage Stefan Diggs is also he still two. has more. Well he still has Allen. more, but he's also but he's number two, six yards behind D Hop. So there we go. The Chargers, I didn't know this. 
I don't know how often these two teams play. Like, I know the Chargers play Miami actually, relatively the, Actually, the, the Buffalo and the Chargers actually do play more often than you would think. Well, the Chargers have won four straight against Buffalo. They have, yes. So we'll see know that. if we can get that record dashed away. On the flip side, though, I like this one. McDermott is one of four active head coaches to be undefeated after a bye week. Yeah, he's I, like I said, the, my, my favorite thing about McDermott and his staff in his tenure is that they never seem unprepared. You know what I mean? Like they never – like there are times where obviously they've been outclassed or they've been just beaten up on, but they never seem like, oh, we were completely unprepared for this. Okay. Uh, and so I, that doesn't surprise me that, that he's that good off of the bye. So just tell me this isn't a game that we have in Palace Picks or anything. Just tell me, uh, obviously you're excited to have Buffalo back on the screen this weekend after having a week off, uh, obviously coming off the loss against Arizona. How do you expect this team to come out and perform? What are you looking forward to? What do you expect? So I, I really think um, in terms of like teams that we're playing that we should beat, this is the one I'm pretty – I'm a little bit – little bit nervous for because they're such a good offense okay uh and i our defense has come on a lot stronger in the last couple of weeks i mean obviously kyler murray had these two or three rushing touchdowns against us in the hail mary but for the most part or most of that game we really corralled kyler murray uh yeah in that game and then even the even the seattle game we talked about it like we were dominating them for most of the game and then obviously they had like touchdowns later that got them closer but again like our defense has played a lot better so i i'm really interested to see how they play against Herbert in this offense, which is top 10 in the NFL. I I would say that I'm like 65% confident we're going to win the game. Uh, but what, what's more important is that this is a game that we have to win if we want to stay pace. Because even though the Dolphins lost, uh, I'd be more worried if the Dolphins would have won because then we'd be tied at 7-3. Uh, the Dolphins are right there. And you know, we're obviously with the Steelers being ten and zero, we don't really have the best shot to like get that by. Uh, but the second seed is still important too, if we want to have like a home playoff game later in the playoffs, which is possible. I just, I think for the psyche of the team, this is the, this is the team that you have to beat. Okay. Uh, and especially coming into after this game, we head into our four straight primetime games where we have mon- the following week is Monday night. At San Fran, and then it's Sunday night home against the Steelers, and then it's Saturday night for the Broncos, and then it's Monday night for the Patriots. So, like, we we're heading to a stretch here that's that's gonna just define our season. Uh, so, I think this is a win that you have to pick up, and I, I do think we will. Uh, but I think that it's gonna be closer than a lot of people might think because the Chargers are a solid football team. They are a solid football team. I think you're absolutely correct. I, uh, I like the way that you said it, I think. Out of the games that Buffalo should win, this is going to be a really, really challenging one. Obviously, yeah. you talked earlier on in the year about the Chargers and their collapses or their losses in single-score games. This is a, is a good team, and I'll be very curious about Lynn's return to Buffalo uh, to take on a team that he was the interim for a short time. Absolutely. So I'm very excited to have that game on and, and watch it alongside you. So it'll be fun. Uh, just in the meantime, I want to shout out a new listener that has started listening to the podcast. His name is Adam. He uh, is I've been listening new... to the podcast since day one. <laughs> I know you do listen to it, which I always <laughs> think is weird. Like, we'll release the episode, and then I'll come home the next day and you're listening to it. But uh, he's also a Buffalo Bills fan, so... Um, 
yeah just thanks for listening buddy keep listening and uh good to have you hopefully we can celebrate a playoff victory at some point <laughs> there we go there we go all right all right it is time for pals picks oh yeah so we did have pals picks last week off of our second bye week uh, we were on the COVID list, so we, we, right, we the had game to, was postponed. Had to postpone <laughs> it, absolutely. I did not update my record after the Rams game, so I am... All right, so we are going into week 12. That is awful writing. Adam has a record of 17-16. and 16. Uh, He did pick the Panthers over the Lions, Washington over the Bengals, and the Packers... No, sorry. You picked the Lions over the Panthers. Is that what I said? I don't know. Washington over the Bengals and the Packers over the Colts. One and two. Lost in sad fashion. But So that brings your record to 17-16. I took Baltimore beating the Titans, and obviously they lost. I took Cleveland over Philly and the Rams over the Bucks. So I'm sitting at 19-14. and 14. I finally have a tiny bit of breathing room against you I'm, I'm for at the least, first time since like week three. I'm at least proud that we're both 500. Especially giving us games that slip each other up. I'm, I'm proud of that. But, ugh, it was rough. The Packers should have won. Uh, tell me about it. That's all right. So we're going Marquez Valdez-Scantling. Hey. <laughs> they were in position because of him. So we're going into week 12. You want to give me the games first? All right. So it's my turn to give you games first. And we're going to start off with a little Thanksgiving Day special. We mentioned this would be featured in Pals Picks. So Washington heading to Dallas on Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving, the 4 o'clock game. I'm going to take the Washington football team. Talked about all those things we just talked about earlier. Scoring 20-plus. Dallas allowing 20-plus on defense. I think that... Offensive line is going to have to really protect Andy Dalton against the pass rush, which obviously we talked about them struggling. I just feel like Washington is going to sweep Dallas this year, put their stamp on it, and at least for a couple days, if not longer, be in first place of the NFC East. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, and Philly plays Seattle on Monday Night Football, so I feel like they probably will. I don't know who the Giants play, but it'll probably be probably – be uh, solid to stay in first place. That was a terrible sentence. We're going to go to the Titans at the Colts. I said when I gave you this game, I said they're playing again already. I feel like there's so many teams that are playing and having a couple of days off and then playing again. So the Colts won this matchup on a Thursday night a couple of, couple of weeks ago in a pretty good game. Uh, so tell me about it. Yeah, obviously both teams are coming off really big wins last week. Huge the Titans wins. beating Baltimore and the Colts beating the Packers both games featured in last week's Palace Picks. The Colts handled the Titans really, really well in that Thursday night game a couple of weeks ago, which makes me feel like this could be, I don't even like saying trap game because it's not, that has so many connotations, but I feel pretty confident in the Colts. I'm taking the Colts, but I'm not going to be surprised if the Titans come out and It was our division winner. But right now, I really, for a while, I mean, we, yes. For a while, I got pretty low on the Colts, and having said that, I feel like I really like what they've been playing like recently. Yeah. Phillip Rivers really seems to be coming on strong, and I expect the Colts to to sweep the Titans. Absolutely, and they've got that a lot of sweeps. <laughs> they've got that incredible run game, and 
you know, Michael Pittman Jr., the rookie, coming on really strong. I think uh, it's yeah, really, it really opened up the pass game for Phillips. So so I like that pick. All right, and then last but certainly not least, the Bucks coming off a really tough loss to the Rams, and now they get the honor of playing the Kansas City Chiefs, a team a lot of people say is the best team in the NFL, not the Pittsburgh Steelers. So talk to me. Yeah, this one actually is not too hard to pick for me. Surprisingly, obviously the Bucks have a pretty great defense, but you're playing Patrick Mahomes, and until I'm really proven otherwise, I feel like I can't pick against Patrick Mahomes. I'm with that. I'm especially with that. in in these kind of games, I think Tampa's a pretty temperate place to play. I think their wide receivers, Tyreek Hill, get a guy like Kelsey. I think they're going to run around nice and easy, and I just expect the Chiefs to handle this one pretty easily all right so. so you went with two road teams the chiefs in washington and the home team and the colts against the titans all right let's head over to you the first of two thanksgiving games uh the texans at the lions all right so th- i think this actually will be a fun game I, like i said it. i think it'll be a nice little i'm actually uh, excited about both games both. I, I actually am excited for both games too and uh, I, I you know i don't know how much of this i'll catch because i work tonight so i might be sleeping during the first part of it uh but i'll probably catch the end you know as dinner starts with my family, I'm thankful again and lucky that I get to see my family during this time. A lot of people aren't. You much I hate that though. Not that you get to see your family, but what? I hate the whole like, oh, Thanksgiving dinner's at one. No. <laughs> I feel like we talk about this every year. I hate it. Why? Just the most awful thing. It's tradition, man. No. Why? Why is it tradition? That makes no sense. It's like an early dinner so that you can take the nap and then you wake up and it's like, oh, here comes the dessert now. That's stupid. <laughs> just have dinner at dinner time and then have dessert. People do that. I don't want to wait three hundred and sixty-two days a year. Why wanna, do they have to? But then you, but then you don't get, then you don't get like the the leftover dinner where it's like you have Thanksgiving dinner and then you get to like take the See, nap the and then like is, later it's like I would make the Thanksgiving sandwich. I love Thanksgiving leftovers. <laughs> I like Thanksgiving leftovers more, more than, than Thanksgiving. I like Thanksgiving meal. <laughs> but nowhere do I want to eat the meal. Three hours later, be like, oh, I'm hungry because it's actually dinner time and have the same thing I just had three hours prior. See, I love that. Makes no sense. Here we are, really against Thanksgiving. If anything, just don't call it dinner. Just don't call it Thanksgiving dinner. Listen, listen. Thanksgiving meal, listen, that's fine. Listen, rent recall was on top of the show. Well, I'm passionate about this. This is incredible. Anyway, I am excited for this game. I think it'll be fun. I think the Lions will win, though. I think All right. that. I think it'll. I thought you were going to pick the Texans. I think it might be a little bit of a Thanksgiving shootout. I do think like both these defenses struggle at times. Uh, obviously, the Lions have been a little bit better at turnovers than the Texans have been. But I think that Matt Stafford on Thanksgiving is better than we would assume. And I think four that he, and five. Yeah, exactly. Four and five. He gets to win. The last time the Texans played, I think, was two years ago. On Thanksgiving, I'm not sure. It was a while ago. But the Texans are a weird team this year because they were so bad when they started. But they've been pretty good with Romeo Cornell. And like we said, Deshaun Watson has been great. I just think in terms of totality of team, the Lions are better. I certainly am rooting for the Lions due to everything going on with Miami's picks, obviously, right, as I've been rooting right. for the Texans all year. Right. But the Lions are really beat up in this game. No Kenny Galladay, already ruled out. Jeff Kuda, I don't think, is practice. Which DeAndre obviously, Swift is questionable. He's but questionable people, people right said he now. probably will play. I, I hope so. Uh, but obviously going into this game beat up like that, that can be a daunting but when, thing. But what's more fun than watching Adrian Peterson on Thanksgiving? <laughs> I mean, even talking about the Lions being beat up on Thanksgiving, remember what last Thanksgiving was? What, theirs? Yeah, that was uh, that was the David Blau game. Oh, yeah. So... <laughs> 
I played David Rolling Blatt. in uh, injured on Thanksgiving. <laughs> he threw two touchdowns, man. Isn't something that they're not used to. Incredible. So you took the Lions over the Texans. How about the Panthers traveling to take on the Vikings? This is another fun game. I felt more confident about this last week if the Vikings were taking care of business against Dallas. I think the Vikings are the best sub-500 team in the NFL. Okay. I just think they're a great football team. Or I shouldn't say great. They're 4-6. and six. They're a very good football team. Kirk Cousins is playing well. Dalvin Cook is one of the best running backs in the NFL. I know he got dinged up in that game. I, I don't know if he's okay or if there's an injury designation or anything. I didn't know he got dinged up. Uh, but... I, I just I'm gonna pick the Vikings and I feel pretty good about that. I know that uh, we're not loving the Teddy return. Well, so here's the thing: is that I like obviously we like Teddy and I enjoyed watching Philip Walker play and I think that PJ PJ Walker and the interesting thing is we've talked about all year that this the Panthers team that drafted seven defensive players they're young coming on strong pitched a shutout last week. I don't care who you're playing against, pitching a shutout is huge. You know what I mean? So. I think that that's against those lines. Yeah, I think that's very impressive, but I still think the Vikings are just a better team. So. Okay, fair. And this last one, uh, the Las Vegas Raiders taking on your recall from earlier in the episode, See, the Atlanta Falcons. This is this is a funny one because this this one is the one that uh, I'm easiest about because I think that you did this to play with me. Uh, but I've given up on the Falcons. I'm picking the Raiders. That's okay. it. It's just that simple. I'm done. I'm done picking the Falcons. I'm sorry, guys. I love you. I love Matt Ryan. I love Julio Jones. I love Calvin Ridley, Todd Gurley, Raheem Morris. I, I love this team, and I really hope that Raheem Morris, I want him to get the job because, I mean, they started, what, 0-5 or 0-6, and, and they've been, like, 4-2 and or 3-2 and or whatever. So, like, they're, they're a good team, and I like what they have. Uh, but Julio being dinged up hurts, and they, like – that really hindered them last week against the Saints. When Julio's not in the, in the lineup, Matt Ryan doesn't play well. So I don't know what that is, but I just the Raiders are a better team right now. And, you know, I talked about the Dolphins getting in instead of the Raiders, so this is tough, but uh, I just I, I can't pick the Falcons anymore. I'm going to get conscious. I just right. can't do it. So you took the Lions over the Texans tomorrow Thanksgiving, the Vikings over the Panthers, and the Raiders over the Falcons. Absolutely. You're the opposite of me. The two home games and the, the one away. I will say this, though. I don't know if I'll gain any games on you because I agree with your three picks. So. Ooh. All right. Fun. All right. So that was Pal's picks. All right. I got some cold reads for you. All right. Let's do it. So we were watching the Packers and Dolphins at the same time last week, and I was it was fun, and I wish they both would have won. <laughs> but – uh, Tua came out of the game and they were showing this uh, replay of him getting hit and I was like oh he must have just gotten dinged up so they put in Fitz but it came out later that he was pulled for performance uh, Brian Flores said we went with Fitz because we thought he had the best chance to win Tua still has the start it was announced he's still a starter Yeah. Uh, so I guess there's a lot of controversy happening about this. A lot of people are, or Dan Orlovsky kind of went in on Brian Ford and said it was horrible. You can't do that. You can't just pull the guy. Uh, some player, some t- people have said like that's the right thing to do. He wasn't performing. You put the other guy in. You try to win. You're in the middle of a playoff run. Um, so I guess I my cold read is 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 where's your take on on benching of Tua? Yeah, I'm actually game? glad that we're going to talk about this. I completely agree. Now, if this was a team that was probably what they were expected to be around, let's just flip their record and say they were three and six. Yeah. That's a time that you don't pull to a, you're okay. like, this is a growing pain. Let them learn and figure it out. But the fact is the dolphins have been so much 
of an overachieving team this far. Obviously, they were trying to catch the Bills and and get to that that seven win to be the half game back instead of what they are now. But the thing is, Flores clearly isn't. He, he's trying to win football games, and that has been his mentality his entire career as the head coach of the Dolphins. Last year when everyone wanted to tank for Tua and go winless and make sure you get the number one pick, he didn't care. The team didn't care. They wound up winning those five games. Right now, it doesn't matter who it is under center. It doesn't matter who it is lined up out wide. They are going to make the decisions to try to win football games. Obviously, it stinks, and you would like to have seen your fifth overall pick, who you think is going to be a franchise quarterback, be able to come in and and get to spark and show that he has that gene in him, which I think he certainly he can. I mean, he isn't a scrub by any means. He was struggling. And beyond that, beyond the playoff implications and trying to win the game, it just wasn't going well. He was getting beat up, and obviously you want to protect your assets like that. And that that and that's just an instance of where we're talking about hearsay. Let's say that the Dolphins and Flores leave him in after he's been sick, sacked six times. They're down by 10, and he has a knee injury. And then people are like, why did you leave Tua in? You weren't in the game anyways. Pull him out. Why would you let your franchise quarterback take those hits and, and get beat up? And obviously, that's where going kind of going back to the beginning of the episode, people will always try to find blame and whatever they want to create the narrative to be so. So I have no problems with them pulling Tua, especially knowing that he was getting beat up. The ball was not being moved effectively. And obviously, Fitzpatrick came in and, and got them in a position to at least tie the game. Listening to the post-game interviews, I really think that Tua seems to have a very, very solid head on his mind, head on his shoulder, sorry. I think, truly, he is a very team-first team-oriented player where he said if Fitz came in and was able to get it going then that's what we should have done I trust the coaches and I feel like that is really the mindset that Flores has tried to inspire in Miami I think that's why players got jetsoned out earlier he wants people to believe in him that he knows what is best to get the team where they want to go and uh so honestly like I said it would have been fun to have seen Tua lead the the comeback but it would have been fun for the Dolphins to win, but I don't mind it. I will say this. I that What you just said moved the needle for me a little bit because I was vehemently on the other side. I, I, I was about to come on because I, I figured you would have said what you just said, um, but I was ready to come on and, like, fight you about this and say it was, like, it's, it's un, un, inexcusable to do. But you moved the needle for me closer to the middle. I'm still on the side of I don't think it was the right thing to do because I think that you – I don't think you get well. Obviously, hindsight is twenty twenty. But you didn't. What did you gain from that? You didn't really gain anything. You know what I mean? You still lost the game, uh, and fits through the pick at the end of the game. So in my mind, it's like, why wouldn't you at least still, you know, see if Tua, who did struggle for most of the game and was getting beat up, just be like, let's see if you can turn it around. You know what I mean? Uh, so again, like I, I think that you definitely moved the needle for me a lot, and now I'm like, okay, I get it. You know what I mean? It makes sense. But I still feel like. It's more. It's better for Tua's growth and for the growth as a team to say, can you win a game in which you were pretty – I want to say bad because he wasn't bad. I mean, he threw a touchdown and the offense moved for most of the first half. But he struggled. We both see that he struggled. Yeah. But I would rather see if he can struggle for a full game and still turn it on at the end. 
Yeah, I get it. I I would yeah. have liked that too. But again, like I said, I was like you. You've definitely. I don't want to say you changed my mind because I still. I still would have been like, no, let's see if he can do this. But so I my de- favorite thing about that. What and this isn't poking fun of you. Okay, but it kind of is a little bit. What and obviously it's completely different than real life. We're talking about Madden. I would. Madden, you do that we, all the time. I would have. I would have pulled him in the first series. And, and, and our- <laughs> In our imaginary lame post-game conferences, I'm like, is there a quarterback controversy? You're like, no, he just needed to sit, and he's our guy. You're right, though. You're right. You're absolutely right. I, and it's so funny because as you were saying that, all I could think of was, I'm about to say something, and it's going to contradict my Madden strategy. <laughs> <laughs> it's true, though. And I, I just – I think that, obviously, you're right. It's different than real life, but I, I do – I just – and every situation is different. I just in this situation, I really would have liked them to see Ken like, and, and like this is something that happened with Josh Allen, where he would play terrible for a while, and then in the fourth quarter he would turn on. It happened most of last year. He would be like okay to like not so great, and then the fourth quarter that that's where the whole like fourth quarter Josh thing has come from. And I I just would have liked to see can there be fourth quarter Tua? You know what I mean? Can Tua time be a real thing? Honestly, I think that would have happened if. He wasn't getting hit the way that's, he was. And that's true. Like I said, that was it, something. I think that, it's different if he's just throwing incompletions right. or they're not running the ball well. Right. But getting hit the way he was. And I know they said he's not injured, but I mean, like, that last play before they pulled him did look yeah. a little bit scary. And who's to say that doesn't play a little bit into it? But like I said, you did you moved the needle for me. So That was a good question. Congrats. Glad we got to talk about that. All right. And then my second cold read. Excuse me. We've, we've, we've to- played a little bit around with this. We didn't discuss it. So. Uh, right now, we're talking about this is the first season that we have seven teams in each conference that are going to make the playoffs. Uh, right now, the the playoff picture looks like this. The Steelers going from the one seed down to the seventh seed. We've got the Steelers, the Chiefs, the Bills, the Colts as the division winners. And then we have the Titans, Browns, and Raiders as the wild card. And the NFC, we've got the Saints, Rams, Packers, and Eagles right now leading the division. And the Seahawks, the Bucks, and the Cardinals as the five, six, and seven seeds, the wild cards. Now, I'm going to give you... The three teams on each conference that are at the 8, 9, and 10 spot right outside. And I want you to tell me one or two teams that you believe can or will make the playoffs. Now, I'm saying can or will as in like if you you think or are confident in this team will, I want you to say that. But if you think like, okay, I think that they can, I would believe it. You could say that. Okay. Okay? So – the AFC, you have the Ravens, the Dolphins, and the Broncos sitting right out on the outside looking in. And then in the NFC, you've got the Bears, the Vikings, and the Lions. Oh, I kind of hate most of that. <laughs> <laughs> um, I definitely think the path for the Dolphins makes it very, very achievable. Okay. Yeah, well, they obviously have the Jets this week. They have the Jets next week. They have the Bengals now without Joe Burrow the following week. Okay. Obviously, I would give them two wins. I think they could be sitting at 8-4. and four To and play the Raiders. To play the Raiders, and obviously that's going to be a very defining game. But obviously to be sitting at 8-4 and four this year, I think any fan, including myself, would be oh, ecstatic yeah, to, to be that after absolutely. playing 12 games. So I think they have a very good path to do so, and I think – they will do it. Okay. Uh, in the NFC. Does that mean that you're taking the Raiders out of the seventh seed? That's, that's very hard because I think it, it's going to come down to the Titans and the Raiders for me. Obviously, a game like this, the, the Titans were able to get in because of Miami losses and a win. So if the games go according to the way that we both picked it, the Colts will win, so the Titans will go down a loss again. Miami will probably so, win, so they're it's going to flip-flop. I guess the more interesting question here, then, is there's a team sandwiched right in the middle there that we're avoiding. And that's the Cleveland the, Browns. And, and, and Exactly, and 
that also would mean, if I'm right, that the Ravens miss the playoffs. It's going to be really, really fascinating <laughs> to see what happens with the Ravens. I am just – we haven't talked about them. Uh, that was a team where after the game against the Titans, of which they won in in overtime, yeah. that you were like, wow, I'm really worried about the Ravens. Yeah. And so I was thinking about this. The Ravens do not have an easy schedule. They don't. And I was thinking about this, saying this way – this this way on the show so we were talking about how harbaugh obviously a couple years ago we were thinking about him leaving and him reevaluating what he wanted to be as a coach to kind of be like this new invigorated offensive kind of i don't want to say offensive guy but minded guy with with lamar jackson and obviously they're still a phenomenal run team which we've associated with the ravens for for many many years but this defense has also seemed to have changed a little bit under harbaugh it's not the Ray Lewis. Well, and there's and times Cunning. where it does look amazing, but there are and they, times. And where obviously, they've, they've been so good at they get. They've been getting their takeaways, right. and I feel like that streak right. just ended not too long ago. But it was obviously 20 plus games, and they sacked the quarterback. But it's not as physical as it once was. We saw that with obviously the AJ Brown right. plays, uh, and and obviously the Derrick Henry final touchdown. Yeah. It's not bringing that same and, kind of just punch you in the mouth consistently right. and i will say i will say this they this this game against the steelers is the sort of the last game of their gauntlet of the season because this listen this will been including the steelers game their last five games they played the steelers the colts the pats the titans and then finishing with the steelers and they've gone one and three in their last four games yeah so they've really and they theoretically i think i think we're both picking the steelers in this game they could have gone one and four and be six and five. Now they have the Cowboys, the Browns, the Jags, the Giants, and the Bengals to finish the season. So they like I, just looking at that. I, I would I would say the Cowboys, uh, Giants, Jags, and Bengals. Like I would give them wins in those games. So that still gets them to ten. And then it depends on what happens in this Pittsburgh game and the Browns game in Cleveland. The Cleveland so, games like huge. It, it's gonna be wild, and, and it'll be fun to watch, of course. But it's just. Uh, and that's a primetime game, I believe. It's on the 14th, so I don't know if that's Monday night or Sunday night. Uh, but, like, it's going to be crazy. And it's going to be the 14th. It's the 14th of December, yeah. You don't know what day that's your birthday's a, on? My birthday's on the 15th. I know, so. but if you know your uh, birthday, okay. you should know the day before. I think is. my birthday's on Tuesday, <laughs> so it's a Monday night game, right? <laughs> is it crazy that that's what I thought? But my first thought was that I think Monday nights are always 8.15 and Sundays are 8.20, so I think it's Monday. Uh, regardless. <laughs> Uh, so but we know I, that, but we don't know your birthday. <laughs> I do have off. I do have off that Sunday, Monday, Tuesday so for much. my birthday. So we'll get to watch that together. It'll be fun. But this it, is it's fascinating. And the one thing working for them though is certainly having beaten Cleveland the first time around. Right. So right. if it does come down to something and, like that, and we're looking at like I even pull up the the Browns schedule for a second here, real quick. I mean, we're not, I, I, sorry that we're like getting into this, but this is an interesting topic for sure. Uh, the Browns have the Jaguars this week. And then they and have Mike Glennon. Yeah, and then they have then they go at the Titans. Then they have the Ravens, uh, but then they have the Giants, Jets, and then the Steelers, who might not even play. So I think the schedules are pretty even in terms of toughness. It's gonna come down to that Ravens game to see who makes it to the playoffs. It's just it's so so exciting. It's very fun, and I'll be sad for either team if they don't make it. It is very fun indeed. Um, you don't have to talk about the NFC if you don't want to because we talked about that for so long. Okay. But, <laughs> um, but yeah, I can't remember the team. So. The, it was the Bears, the Vikings, and the Lions, but I don't think any of them are going to go. So. Yeah. So. 
All right, yeah, those are my cold reads. Cold reads for all right. So you don't have any cold reads? I don't. That's okay. We'll go to we'll do quick fantasy fanatics. Uh, quick update on our team: we beat the number one team what? in our league last week. It was a very big win yeah. to get us to six and five. We were on a little bit of a skid there. Uh, and now we're six and five. We're at we're the three seed in Yahoo leagues. Only the top four make it. So, but there are a couple other six and five teams, and every other team is five and six. So it's we we have to keep winning for sure. But uh, you know, we still got Russell Wilson, Deontay Johnson, Jerry Judy, Antonio Gibson, Mike Davis, Jordan Reed was our pickup this week, the tight end for San Fran. Oh boy, because uh, I don't believe in. In, in Trey Burton anymore. Uh, Melvin Gordon, who was oh so close to a three-touchdown game last week. Uh, then we've got Juju on the bench, Damian Harris, Jacoby Myers, Savon, Ach- or Savon Ahmed. Uh, and then obviously we have got Christian McCaffrey. I didn't know we had him. That makes me happy. Well, yeah, we do. Christian McCaffrey, who's doubtful. And then we still have Kittle on IR. And then we've got Adam's big brain play of Cleveland and Los Angeles on defense. Oh, so we have two defenses? Yes, because they're <laughs> setting up for the playoffs. We get to play the Jets. You're assuming we're going to make the playoffs. Right oh, now. we're making the playoffs. All right. I believe in us. But who is your fantasy fanatics, fantasy My player of the week? Fantasy fanatics, and obviously we've already talked about this player. He is listed as questionable, but if he goes tomorrow, I am all over DeAndre Swift. Okay. All over him. Okay. I think what we saw before he had his practice concussion, we saw a true breakout game. Yeah, absolutely. He's finally become that guy. I like that. I think, especially against this Houston defense, he can eat. He will be the 1 o'clock Zeke, so feed that guy. If he plays, that is my fantasy fanatic. So, my fantasy fanatic is akin to Josh's early fantasy fanatic picks. Uh, It's a player that everybody's going to play if you have them, but my fantasy player of the week is Josh Allen. I think that... And Josh had a... (laughs) Josh had a pretty good game against Arizona. He had uh, two he had two touchdowns. He did have two picks, but threw for almost 300 yards, and he also uh, ran for another 40. I think that the Buffalo Bills are just super pissed about how they won against the Cardinals, and I think that uh, Adam, the, Char- it's okay. the Chargers defense are— The Bills lost. Yes. They didn't win. They should have won. But— uh, regardless, I think that they're going to be super mad. I think Josh Allen's going to come out slinging it to Stefan Diggs, Cole Beasley, and John Brown's finally getting healthy. Uh, I just think that they are going to throw it all over the park, and, and Josh Allen's going to put up some massive numbers. Hey, at least when I picked obvious players, I didn't pick quarterbacks. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I have a tidbit for the first time in a long time. Oh, yeah? Well, we got to do prop table real quick. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Prop table. It's been a couple of weeks since we've done it. Uh, it's one of our newer segments to people who haven't uh, listened to us too much or newer listeners. Welcome. But prop table, we're doing some prop bets and uh, related to a lot of our segments are related to theater because we're both theater guys. So let's go to the prop table. More or less. All of these are more or less. Okay. And we're okay. doing Thanksgiving edition. So first game, more or less, Deshaun Watson, 302 and a half passing yards. I think he'll have more. Okay. Then we're going to have Duke Johnson in the same game starting running back. 52 and a half rushing yards, more or less. Yeah, I feel pretty confident that'll happen. More? Okay. Uh, going into that second game, Andy Dolan, Alex Smith. Let's start with Alex Smith. 244 and a half passing yards, more uh, or less. Yeah, he's going to continue that streak of nice, his. Nice. All right. Andy Dalton, who had a pretty good game last week. He didn't have a ton of yards, but he had three touchdown passes. 253 and a half passing yards, more or less. Oh, man, is this total yards? No, passing yards. I know, but is this going to account? 
okay yeah, i know what we're talking about so like just strictly passing yards. yeah strictly passing yards. um Andy Dal- Andy how many 252 253 and a half <laughs> um that's just so that you can't like, right hit that on um <laughs> this is a tough one i'm gonna say no okay and then antonio gibson uh, who's been fe- featured on Fantasy Fanatics a ton this season? Uh, more or less sixty and a half rushing yards. Sixty and a half. Oh, he's gonna get that absolutely. Okay. Uh, so just to update, Josh was five and two last time we did prop table a couple weeks ago. We he's, just clearly need to start betting on these. He's things. nine and six on the season. Oh, that's not so that great. Maybe we do. Uh, <laughs> but regardless, that was prop. That was that. prop table. Now we can do some tidbits before friends fortune. All right, tidbits. Going back to uh, the last episode we recorded, we talked about our MVP conversations, and I said Aaron Rodgers pre- pretty vehemently. So I still still feel that way, even though the Packers dropped a game, and obviously Pat Mahomes led a 50-second uh, game-winning drive. But Aaron Rodgers has three straight games of 70-plus completion ratings and 300-plus passing yards. Wow. That is tied for the second longest streak of his career doing so. So even if the Packers have dropped a couple in the win-loss column the last month, I still think Aaron Rodgers is playing phenomenally. Obviously, the overtime game isn't on him. And in a way, I think it's even phenomenal that he was in his own end zone and was able to heave it 50 yards to... Mm -hmm. Mar- Marquez Valdez-Scanling, who obviously made a tremendous catch, but wasn't mm-hmm. it wasn't like something that's like, oh, he's just wide open, and this is easy. So just uh, A-Rod doing, doing really well. Still. Love it, love it. I don't have any tidbits this week. What? I got all my little things in, and I didn't have a ton of personal show notes for today. So. All righty. Well, then we got friends some fortune. friends for I've got mine ready. All right. You have 22 seconds. 22 <gasps> seconds. So I was delving in two records for Thanksgiving Day because I wanted to make it a Thanksgiving Day thing. So you might be listening to this and this may have already happened or not happened, but uh, this also is a little bit less bold because of the third game being postponed. But regardless, I'm going to say every quarterback on Thanksgiving, that's Deshaun Watson, Matt Stafford, Alex Smith, and Andy Dalton will each have two plus touchdowns, two or more touchdowns. That could be one rushing, one passing, two rushing, or two passing or more so that every single starting quarterback on Thanksgiving Day is going to have a day with two or more touchdowns. All right. All right. For my friend's fortune, I'm going to say that Matt Nagy finally stops being so darn stubborn and names Mitchell Trubisky the starting quarterback for the Chicago Bears against the Green Bay Packers, and he is going to come in and rush for 65-plus yards and a score against my Green Bay Packers on Sunday Night Football in a loss. All right. All right. I'm taking my vitamins. Good. Proud of you. All right. So Before Adam lived with me, he didn't take vitamins. The most important thing to remember from this episode. Wow, I really got, like... I thought I was doing Liam Neeson. <laughs> you don't know me, but I have a particular set of skills. Um, that was, like, so Irishy. Because he's Irish. Yeah, but he doesn't talk like that in the movie. I have a particular set of skills. All One, right, two, everybody. Uh, the important thing to remember is that Josh crushed it on his over-under of sniffs. 
That's the important thing to remember. <laughs> That's the important thing to remember on this Thanksgiving. Ah, <laughs> oh, buddy. We love you. We love your sniffs. Uh, yeah, I just want to say I know that we got a little bit into it when we talk about thankful, but I just – again, I want to reiterate if you're listening to the show, thank you, of course. But I know this is a really hard time that we're living in. And we're not, I'm not even talking about just the pandemic because the pandemic has also spurred a lot of things as well. Uh, you know, the fight for social justice. Uh, we're talking about – just fighting for for individual rights and freedoms and all this stuff. It's just it's, it's a very it's a very poignant time in our history, and I know that a lot of us are struggling emotionally. I know a lot of us are struggling, just uh, mentally and physically in terms of health. I, it's a hard time for everybody, but I hope that uh, whether it's football for Josh and I, or it's watching the masked dancer or masked singer, or you know, or listening to whatever sort of podcast that you like to listen to or reading whatever book, I hope that you're able to find things this holiday season that you can find solace in, that you can just relax and, and feel thankful and blessed for what we have because we, whatever we don't have is far away, but what we do have. And I just want to say that I'm thankful to have this podcast with you. Uh, I'm thankful that Ryan over here. we have football to watch. Uh, I'm thankful that we have time that we get to spend together. So I, I hope that during this holiday season, during Thanksgiving, during Christmas, uh, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, whatever you are celebrating, I hope that you were able to find those those small blessings in your lives uh, that I am certainly thankful for. Well said, friend. Well said. Uh, but we'll certainly see y'all before before Christmas. Absolutely, we'll have our I'll have a fun Christmas themed show as well. All right, everybody. Like Adam just said, uh, take those things and appreciate them. You guys all have a great Thanksgiving. Stay safe. Stay smart. Enjoy your day. Enjoy week 12 of the NFL. God bless.